Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, week nine is upon us. And uh, as far as this podcast is concerned, it is the most wonderful time of the year, my friend. Oh, it's hate week. It is hate week. It is hate week within this podcast in particular. Yes, yes. Not Georgia, Georgia Tech hate week. That comes later when Georgia Tech hates themselves. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, it's, it, the feeling is not exclusive to Georgia Tech. We'll put it that way. Um, <laughs> Mike, we do have a week nine slate that we're going to preview this week. We have eight games involving uh, ACC teams. Six of them are conference on conference action, so it should be good to check in on. Uh, we're going to start here as we start every week, a recap of where things stand with our Van Gorder coin balances. And Mike, as the people know, we started the season with 500 Van Gorder coin each. We are using these to try to indicate with our picks each week kind of where we actually feel strongly about things versus are just picking spreads and totals out of obligation being on the podcast. Uh, Mike, two weeks ago, I had a perfect week and took a slight lead over you. Last week, I extended my lead by virtue of getting one pick right, which is more than you could have said, frankly. Uh, so I now find myself, I, I was down uh, 11.8 Van Gorder coin last week. I'm down to a total of 452.10. But Mike, you were down a full 50 Van Gorder coin last week for a total of 411.25. Uh, are you nervous? Do you feel like this is an insurmountable lead at this point for your boy? I've seen you pick games, so <laughs> no. You've been around this podcast for long enough. <laughs> Not to mention my this. my nature is an Atlanta native that no lead is ever safe. No leads ever safe. And we've done this song and dance before for the better part of the last six years. So decidedly, no, I am not worried. I'm just trying to get my shots in while I can, because this is yes. inevitably going to come crashing down here very shortly. Hey, man, you just got to You got to punch down every once in a while. I get it. I get it. <laughs> Well, with that, Mike, let's uh let's get into the these spreads. And Mike, we, we need to remember that we remind the people, excuse me, that these totals, these spreads, all of it brought to you by BetUS.com. Mike, it's America's favorite sports book. They've been in business for over 30 years. They've got betting on college football, on the NFL, uh, the Major League Baseball playoffs, the World Series coming up this week. If you want to go bet on that, you can do that at betus.com. The NBA has kicked off. Do they kick off in the NBA or whatever they do? I don't know how basketball works. Tip off. Tip off. They have tipped off in the NBA. Uh, there's you know politics and world events, all sorts of things you can go bet on there. Uh, once again, at betus.com. Use promo code GOACC for a 125% bonus on your first deposit of at least $100. So go deposit $100. They'll give you 125 free bucks to bet. Good deal. Yeah, good deal. There's one thing that you can bet on, Joey, and that's me not betting on world events or politics. Good idea. Good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Sports exclusively. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's I don't know if that's a good idea, but it's a better idea than world events and politics. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Try to avoid those at all costs. But if you think betting on sports is a good idea, promo code GOACC for a 125% bonus on your first deposit of yep. $100 at BetUS.com. Please and thank you to those who have. Uh, appreciate your support. 
Mike, let's get started in the place that we always get started when it's this time of year. Uh, at, and I, I promise I'm not messing this up. At high noon on ESPN3, the Jefferson yeah. Pilot Special. Uh, check your local listings or don't. Your call. Uh, your Virginia Tech Hokies, Mike, a four-point underdog on the road in Atlanta taking on my Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. I will be there in person, witnessing this with my own eyes. Uh, I might need to bring. I'm sorry. Like a, I'm sorry to hear that. I might need to bring like a counselor with me, or you know, someone to help you know deal with the emotional trauma that I'm going to watch unfold in front of us. Mike, this is. I, I, I was thinking about this earlier. I think this is arguably the worst rendition of this rivalry that we have seen since these two teams entered the ACC. By far. Both teams are under 500. Uh, they are yep. three and four each of them. Uh, this is this is just like kind of the definition of the who the hell knows special of the week of like what is either of these teams going to be like throughout the entire game or at different points during the game. Like just wildly inconsistent performance on both sides. How do you pick this game like in any way, shape or form? Let me qualify this by saying I have no idea what's going to happen here. So <laughs> it's really anybody's guess. Either team could so. win this game by two touchdowns. Agree. <laughs> I agree. I think I think I'm going with Virginia Tech. Okay. Show your work. Okay. Virginia Tech, by and large, if you look at like the full body of work this year, has been a more consistent football team. Now, what I will say, right, I'm talking over the course of, like, entire games. We've seen, like, Virginia Tech play, like, 57 minutes of good football and then three minutes of bad football, like, three different times. They've definitely been consistently something. Yes. <laughs> like, they have played large swaths. The reason why this Virginia Tech team is so infuriating this year is because Virginia Tech being three and four in and of itself is not a huge surprise, but how they've gotten there is a little bit surprising to me because mm -hmm. they have played better for larger portions of games than I anticipated mm -hmm. this year. The Pittsburgh game is kind of the aberration if you look at it, right? Like opener against North Carolina, offense really good first half, bad second half, but defense was good the entire game, right? Middle Tennessee State and Richmond, kind of inconsistent at points of the game on both sides of the ball, right? West Virginia, defense had a horrible first quarter. Dug Tech into a hole. Hokies come back. Jared Jay gave him a gift, and Tech couldn't capitalize, right? You, you, lose, a, you lose a game in the red zone. Mm -hmm. Notre Dame, by and large, played pretty well. Had an eight-point lead. Blew it. This past weekend against Syracuse nine point lead blew it but again by and large played 55 minutes of, of pretty good football right I would like to welcome Hokies fans to Atlanta sports fandom by the way pretty much I mean that that's it's kind of funny because they're going to play this game in Atlanta and they are taking on the role of like an Atlanta sports team <laughs> so, it's, it's, well, it's an anxiety bowl of sorts right I, I like, laugh to avoid crying Mike Yes. Yeah. So I have no, I have no idea how this game is going to go. That's like the only reason why I, I'm like, yeah, I'll just go with tech, Virginia tech, because I'm like, yeah, I mean, they've, 
because Georgia Tech, it's like one week I'm like, oh, my God. Look, look at Georgia Tech. They played a really good full 60-minute game, which is more you can say about Virginia Tech, right? Mm-hmm. And they played a full 60-minute game. Then the following week, I'm like, what the hell are they doing? Did they practice this week? And I've only really had one of those moments with Virginia Tech this week, and it was against Pitt, who's beating the hell out of everybody right now. So, mm-hmm. like, how bad do I feel about that? I don't know. I'm just kind of – I'm going through it as a Virginia Tech fan, and trying to pick this game is like – I have a pretty decent idea of what I'm going to get out of Virginia Tech. You're going to have like two-ish, two to two and a half like quarters of, of good football, or at least decent football. And then you're going to have a quarter and a half where it's like, man, that could have gone a little bit better. And hopefully you can avoid the last four or five minutes where the team is objectively terrible. Like if you avoid that, you're, you're probably going to start winning some of these close games that, that they continue to lose. So weirdly, like, yeah, Virginia Tech's three and four and they're one and two in the ACC and like taking a step back. It's like that's not too surprising, like going into the year with some of the uncertainty and stuff like that. But how they've gotten there again, like pretty surprising, pretty infuriating. And at three and four, this is probably like the worst we could have seen Virginia Tech considering how they've played large portions of some of these games this year. Like Mm -hmm. getting at three and four is kind of surprising, like. They could have won easily won at least one of those games against Notre Dame, Syracuse and West Virginia. And they somehow found a way to drop all three of them. So it's, it's, it's a little frustrating And on the Georgia tech side. Like I think Georgia tech's got, I think Georgia tech's got more upside, right. With, mm-hmm. with Sims, Mir Gibbs on offense, like the offense of Georgia tech certainly has more upside than Virginia tech's offense because Virginia tech they got some athletes, but they can't get them the ball consistently in space. They just can't do it. And the quarterback play, I think, with Jeff Sims is more of a certainty than what you're going to get out of Braxton Burmeister mm-hmm. if if Sims doesn't turn it over, which, which against a Virginia Tech defense that is coming off of their worst performance of the year, I think there's bounce-back potential there. Mm-hmm. But you're also going on the road. Virginia Tech's lost three out of four, including three straight. And they keep finding ways to lose. So no matter which way you pick this game, I can't argue, Joey. I can't argue. And I can see it's going either way. I'm not touching this from a betting standpoint. Mm-mm. I'm taking that kind of principle that I think they can win this football game. I think they need to. Not that it really matters at this point, but like for, for pride, they need to. I'm going to go with that. This game is a mess, Mike. Under, by the way. Under. And the uh, both of these teams, by the way, are now two and four against the spread this year. Uh, neither of these teams has covered a spread since September. <laughs> this is going to be played on Halloween. <laughs> like, uh, whoops, I, I, that's not good. I, I will say though, I think it like the, if, if you are one of those sickos who decides that they do want to actually wager on this game, you sick bastards, a yes, B I, I think what it ends up being is that you 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 can almost pick like a parlay here of like how do you think this game is gonna go? The total is fifty six, Mike. Like I I don't think that Virginia Tech is gonna put up more than like thirty points. Um That's reasonable. Either way, but I think they could win the game. And so I think if you think that Virginia Tech is gonna win the game, you play the under. If you think Georgia Tech is going to win the game, you play the over, basically. Um, Agree. Yeah. I, 
I'm going to take Virginia Tech as well. Um, and this is this is wow. This is largely a a bet of like I don't think either team is deserved to be favored at this point. Right. Like, it opened as a pick'em. Yeah. In a, in a lot of in a lot of books, for what it's worth, and that ballooned quickly. Everybody, I mean, everybody's selling Virginia Tech, rightfully so. If you gave me three points with either team, I would take it. I don't like. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. There is no way to effectively handicap this. I don't think. Right. The, right. the only thing that I can think of from a handicapping standpoint, to me, is that I think the bigger weakness in Georgia Tech's defense is in their secondary. Yeah. And I don't think that Braxton Burmeister is good enough to actually like attack and expose that. Agree. Yep. No, you're right. You're right. That's, and that's a thought that crossed my mind as well. But Georgia Tech's defense has also been a complete and total mess. I mean, they gave up what 200 some odd rushing yards, Mateo Durant two weeks ago. Like it's not like they're a great rushing defense either. Right. Like they've been kind of a mess defensively. Um, you're Virginia Tech's co- coming off their best rushing performance of the year. Yeah, like was that was that just playing against Syracuse, or did Justin Fuente right. getting involved? Did that have some more to do with it? Right, right, correct. All I'll say again, this is the who the hell knows special for me. <laughs> I I don't know. I I don't think there's really a particularly good way to handicap this. I do not recommend wagering on this one way or the other. Nope. If you're gonna make me make a pick on the podcast, give me Virginia Tech plus the four. And sure, outright, I don't know, maybe, why, why not? It's the homecoming game for Georgia Tech. There's probably going to be less than 40,000 people in the stands. It's at noon. You're coming off, you know, a, a loss that didn't look great. Like, Yeah, right, right. I don't know. I don't know what to make of this for either team. So, uh, sure, Virginia Tech and the points. Georgia Tech needs this win in, in the record books, like, badly. Jeff Collins needs probably two wins in the next three weeks. And this is the one, this is one that you have to have. And I said before the season, Mike, back in August when we were previewing, I thought Georgia tech would win this game because I thought we were going to see development from Georgia tech. And I thought that we'd be in a position where Justin Fuente might be fired. And in a lot of ways, that's not wrong. (laughs) Like I think Justin Fuente is a dead man walking. And I think that Georgia tech has shown some development. I'm, I'm more concerned with their defense. I don't know. I'm just going to stick with Virginia, Virginia Tech, and I'll be happy to be wrong if Tech, you know, Georgia Tech can win this game by a touchdown. But we'll see. Hokies plus the four outright. What the hell? What are you doing with the total under? I guess under. If you're yeah. picking Virginia Tech. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'll take the Hokes under. In the under. I'll yep. take Hokies like 28, 24, something like yeah, that. Yeah, that sounds good. That um, sounds good to me. Not not under by much. So I, I I don't really have any interest in wagering on this one way or the other. Let's see a battle of the kickers. That's right. To find out who's the real tech, Mike. Who's the real yeah. tech? Yeah, it's all about the kickers. It, the, the only way this would have been better is if uh, the, the Braves were playing the Red Sox in the World Series, and we just keep this going for like a week and a half. Just use that as the real barometer here. Uh, yes. Yeah, two, two teams that actually belong where they're at. Yeah, we'll, we'll have a fun time explaining to some of the people that are new to the podcast why the Red Sox winning the World Series would mean Virginia Tech is the real tech. Yeah. Um, I thought this was a football podcast. Well, there's there's a lot of podcast lore you got to catch up on around here. I yeah, guess. yeah, it's a hodgepodge. Go back to episode one we did underwater. <laughs> Went snorkeling while we did. Might, yeah, might as well have. Yeah. Uh, all right, Virginia Tech in the under for both of us, but no uh, no wagers either way. Yeah, I'd I'd rather shoot myself into the sun, I think, than watch sixty minutes of this football game. So best of luck to you. I'll 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 enjoy. Because as I said, Mike, I I will be there in person, and it turns out the weather is not looking particularly great. 
Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's looking like, you know, upper 50s, low 60s, and kind of some some sprinkles this weekend. Yep, yep. Uh, which kind of helps from an under standpoint, A. But B, Mike, I, like my goal is to go to this game and represent that I am cheering for Georgia Tech, but I'm also trying to stay warm and stay comfortable. And there's only one way that I know how to do that, and that's by wearing a good, beautiful, fantastic, comfortable hoodie from Section103.com. There it is. There it is. Uh, Mike, it is a, a gorgeous hoodie that I got in the mail a couple weeks ago. It is in the official tech gold. It has the official word mark of Georgia Tech on there. It is so soft. It is so comfy. It looks fantastic. Uh, I'll probably be wearing a Section 103 t-shirt underneath it uh, just to really push the narrative there even more. Uh, yep. Section103.com, of course, is the best place on the internet that you can find T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies for men, women, children, everybody trying to support Georgia Tech using all that official stuff. Uh, cannot recommend it enough. Great products. They look fantastic. They're super comfy, high quality. Uh, Mike, go to section103.com and use promo code GOACC for 10% off your first order. Um, I, I cannot recommend it enough. I, I look forward to getting more and more of this stuff as it continues to come out. Yeah, and I am now a proud owner of two Georgia Tech t-shirts. So, Lucky you. Go Jackets. By the way, Section 103, I don't know if you knew this, but it, they give you the opportunity to put in some, uh, some, you know, put in a vote to indicate which in, you know, interest that you have and what is the next shirt they should put out. They have a really cool one out that's uh, just four squares that has icons on there that seem to line up with the old chant that Georgia Tech fans do at the end of the fight song, which goes, fight, win, drink, get naked. But that's just that's just a guess because it's just four icons. My wife knows that one. <laughs> Which one? Oh, all of, them. Uh, all of them. Pretty much all of them. Yeah. There you go. Mike, good stuff. Not listen to this. That's, <laughs> that's dear God. All right. Definitely well, not. Yeah. Definitely well, not. I know how you can make it up to her, Mike. Just buy her something from Section103.com. Use promo yes. code GoACC for ten percent off your first order. Yep. Shout out to Stephen and the gang. Good stuff. And shout out to my wife. <laughs> shout out to your wife. Yes. At noon on the ACC Network, Mike, the Miami Hurricanes, a nine and a half point underdog on the road, taking on the number 17 Pitt Panthers. Total 61 and a half. Mike, Kenny Pickett, arguably going to win the Heisman Trophy. Uh, Pitt, 33 to one to win the national title. Uh, Miami's only less than 10 points of an underdog here. Does that seem right to you? You know what, Joey? This careful, this feels dirty. careful. This feels dirty. I like Miami, and that's it. I like Miami. Okay, all right, that's no, all I'm right. not locking this up. I'm I'll not t- locking this up. <laughs> I'll take the, fi- the the trigger finger away then. All right. Good. I scared. I scared you. Yeah, I, I, I thought you were going in on it. No, no, no. I I do like Miami here though to cover. I just think that Miami played a good game last week. This is a letdown spot for Pittsburgh. They know that Miami's not that good, right? Like, how up are you going to get for this game after playing Clemson? Mm-hmm. And sure, it, Clemson's not that good either, but that's an emotional home game. You actually had fans in the stands at Heinz Field, which really only happens for Steelers games, and even then, it doesn't really happen for Steelers games anymore because Steelers are awful. So mm-hmm. uh, that was a little bit of a surprise for Pittsburgh, and now you got to face Miami. And, like, how many people are actually going to go to this game, right? That That's the... That's the question. I know Pitt's rolling right now, but this the game is at, it's, it is at Pitt o'clock, Mike. It is at Pitt o'clock, and that's noon for 
be unintegrated or whatever. I don't know. I said that wrong. Because last week was like the first time in recorded history that Pitt played a, a home game that wasn't at noon. I said unintegrated. I meant uninformed. I don't know why I said unintegrated. That didn't make any sense. <laughs> sure. uh, yeah. Unintegrated is podcast, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I just... Sure. Is there letdown potential for Miami, too, coming off of a win against NC State? I mean, I guess. But if you're Miami, like you need to win every single one of these games, right? Mm-hmm. And Pittsburgh's in the spot now where they feel like they just beat Clemson and Pitt has decidedly won like what they believe to be probably the t- one of the toughest games remaining on their schedule. You think that's safe to say? Even though I don't think that, but I think Pitt's players might think that. I mean, like, yeah, they're, they're the challenge until they're not, right? Like, Pitt's only the second team in the ACC to beat them this year. Like, Clemson, right. Clemson is decidedly not as good, but like they're still beating people. So it's, it's, it's an accomplishment to beat them. Right. I just, I liked what I saw out of Tyler Van Dyke. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Miami's defense can bottle up the Pittsburgh rushing attack, which has been kind of finding themselves a little bit here the last couple of weeks. I think Miami's defense is able to keep him in the game a little bit here. And I think Pittsburgh wins. You know, I think they, they win at home. They, they win the football game. But I, I think Miami is able to cover this and keep this game competitive. So give me the Hurricanes. And you know what? I think I'm going to take I think I'm going to take the over here, mm-hmm. over 61. I can see some points being scored here. But I think Miami does enough defensively to, you know, keep, keep themselves in this football game against Kenny Pickett and the Panthers. So. Give me Miami. Miami's pick plus nine and a half. There, there was some news today that came out, Mike. And and by the way, people should know we're recording this like extra early. Usually we yeah, would record Tuesday. this. Well, usually we would record this Tuesday at the earliest, or you know, usually actually Wednesday. This is a Monday, Mike, that we're recording this, just with the way the schedules all work out. Right. There yep. was there was news that came out today that gives me some pause on this pick. Uh, that was Bubba Bolden is out for the year for Miami. They have gotten just ravaged with injuries to guys. Yep, and, they have. And and you wonder a little bit, like, how many of those are really, truly deep down, like, season-ending injuries versus how much of those are, like, guys that are... They've got an injury that, like, they maybe could play through, but, like, for what? You know, at some right. point, you know, it's, it's not going well. And I'm not, I'm not saying that about Bubba in particular. It just, you know, it seems like this happens in a couple of places where the season's not going well and you have more of these uh, season-ending injuries than on average you might. Um, but the point is this, Mike, is that I like Miami here too. Um, I'm going to take Miami. Hell yeah. I'm we take, agree again. This is awesome. Yeah. We're going to take, I'm going to take Miami to cover. I don't know that I'll take them to win outright, but I think they can at least keep this game close. I'm going to take the over. And the reason is I, I feel like this is actually kind of from like a, what I'll call a styles make fights standpoint. I kind of feel like this is a bad matchup for Pittsburgh. Because I think what we've started to see from Tyler Van Dyke over the last few weeks is the ability to air it out and attack down the field. And if if we can all kind of remember, the issue that Pitt has on defense is in their secondary. Like they will give up big plays. You know, there there were there were plays to be had for Clemson on Saturday. Um, so you can you can get some chunk plays against that defense and, and move your way down the field. It's not really going to happen in the run game. But you can get it in the pass game, and I think Miami's in a place right now with Tyler Van Dyke and you know everyone else that I, I think they're able to make that happen. Um, 
so so I, I like so Miami too. for that reason. The the other the issue here is that I think I felt like Miami's defense is going to be such that they would be able to contain Pitt's passing attack a little bit. You know, with again some some of the talent that they have in the secondary. Missing Bubba Bolden though, like that's that's the concern, man. It's like that's a pretty big loss as a safety. Um, you know, there on the back end, Kenny Pickett been playing at a high level, uh, but. I still think I think Miami's gonna be able to keep this close. I, I think it gets kind of high scoring, uh, maybe something like you know thirty eight thirty four. It m- might be like a kind of a backdoor cover situation for Miami, but um, I think Pitt keeps rolling. But I think Miami can keep it close here. I agree. Love it for all the reasons you said. By the way, I agree. <laughs> there you go. Um, all right, Miami in the over for both of us. Still, uh, still no wagers. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, not not touching this. No, <laughs> I'm good. I, I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate. Okay, you know what? Fine, let's do it then. Twenty five on Miami. Whoa, let's hey, get, let's get crazy. You want to get crazy? Let's get crazy. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm in the lead, so I'm not going to get too crazy. So yeah. have fun with that. Um. All right. Seven thirty on NBC. The uh, North Carolina Tar Heels on the road. Taking on the number 11 Notre Dame Fighting Irish, Mike. The Tar Heels, a three and a half point underdog. Total is 62 and a half. Three and a half? Wow. Like that line kind of stinks to me. Kyle Hamilton's hurt. Mm, that doesn't help. He will not be playing for Notre Dame. We did have news that Coffrey Brown is transferring from NC, uh, UNC. Sorry, not NC State. Yeah. I would never mix those schools up. Um, <laughs> no, nah, it doesn't sound like you. And I don't know that that's like the, the biggest loss. I mean, he had one catch for 75 yards this year, which is a strange season ending stat line, but, um, <laughs> at least he was explosive. I, he, you know, made the most of his time. Um, that's right. So I, I don't know if that really makes any sort of difference. Um, I, I don't know. I kind of I, Notre Dame with a small number at home and what you know the the level of mess that North Carolina has been this year. Again, this line kind of stinks, but also like I don't know that North Carolina at this point is going to all of a sudden like develop into something that's really going to be able to score a bunch of points and like take advantage of Notre Dame's deficiencies. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Notre Dame also has been quietly playing good football. Hmm. They, they lost to Cincinnati. You know, they come back. They are able to beat Virginia Tech and Blacksburg, get themselves a bye week, and then beat the brakes off USC. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that game was not as close as the final score indicated. I get USC is not very good, but that game wasn't very competitive. In North Carolina, like week to week, we don't really know what we're, what we're getting, you know? I, it's putting it nicely. Yeah, I mean, defensively, it hasn't been very good. And offensively, the the line hasn't been great. Notre Dame's defense has been getting better every week since the opener. I mean, they, they have been consistently getting better under Marcus Freeman. The Hamilton injury is significant because Sam Howell slings it around and Kyle Hamilton is like a top five draft pick next April. So, yeah, that's significant, but... I don't think it's so significant that Notre Dame can't cover three and a half at home. Give me the Irish, lock it up. Whoa. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. 
Uh, yep. Mike, let me ask you this. Does Notre Dame have two guys that can cover Josh Downs? Oh, I mean, I'm, I, they, they can't guard him one-on-one on an island, but yeah. Sure. All right, Notre Dame, lock it up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. I'll take it. That's all I need to know. Notre Dame is going to run the ball down North Carolina's throats here, Mike. Like, the last five games that North Carolina has played, their defense held Duke to seven. The other four, they gave up 39 to Virginia, 45 to Georgia Tech, 35 to Florida State, and 42 to Miami. They are giving up yards and points hand over fist this year. Like, I am more than happy to bet against North Carolina's defense at this point. That's kind of a one-sided team, and the one side isn't really all that good, actually. So, yeah, give me Notre Dame every time for here. Yeah. I'm pretty confident in Notre Dame this weekend. I don't. This could be like Notre Dame by a couple scores. Yeah, I think so. Like 10 to 14, potentially. I think this is a game where Kyron Williams and Chris Tyree are kind of going to go off. Like, I just. Yeah, yeah. Tyree missed the USC game, but I think he'll be back in this one against North Carolina. And Kyron Williams had a really nice game against USC. So I just, yeah. I, I'm also really sorry, not Carolina. I'm, I'm really not convinced that North Carolina's offensive line can block Notre Dame's defensive front. Nah, nah, nah. Athlete, athletes, athletes that yeah. Carolina just simply won't be able to contain for four quarters, in my opinion. I am on the over. Notre Dame in the over. Give me uh, give me 25 on the Irish. I'm just as confident in Notre Dame, apparently, as I am in Miami. I actually want to take my Miami bet off the board. Can I take that off the board? <laughs> you got a little too weird there for a minute? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. You want to get crazy, let's get crazy. And I was trying to bait you into it, and then you're like, nah, I'm good. I have a lead. So I don't want to bet that anymore. But I am very confident in Notre Dame. <laughs> Went from one of the biggest bets of the year to let's just take it off the board altogether. Yeah, let's just. <laughs> <laughs> sure, why not? Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll put twenty five on Notre Dame as well. Uh, I, I feel really good about that pick. And uh, you know what? Just just to make a point, let's put ten on the over. Uh, just a little bit of something. Um, not going to lock that up, but I, I I feel like I have a pretty good idea of how this game is going to play out. Me too. Which. I mean, what could go wrong, right? Yeah, we're we're on the same page, so <laughs> I look forward to North Carolina winning like twelve to ten or something dumb. We've like agreed. That. We've agreed on every single pick so far. Every yeah. single pick, both in spread and in total. So great. So if you're betting in real life, you know what to do. Yeah, you can't fade both of us. Well, I guess you can fade both of us if we agree on everything. But <laughs> let's see if that continues. I mean, the weather in South Bend even, well, and again, it's Monday, but the weather for Saturday night in South Bend looks pretty decent, like, you know, not warm, but not windy or rainy. So I don't know. We'll see. Seems yeah. Like good conditions. It's kind of, yeah, which is going to make it hard for Mac Brown to manufacture any sort of excuses. So, <laughs> well, just when you think that's the case, we, the national media are right here, Mike. Yeah. 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 You all had expectations for us. We are yeah, but... loaded to the gills with rat poison to feed the team. There you go. Yes, yes, yes. Take a page out of that Saban book. <laughs> Notre Dame in the over for the both of us. We both have Notre Dame locked up with 25 Van Gorder coin. I have the over at 10 Van Gorder coin as well. 
Uh, moving on, Mike, 4 o'clock on the ACC Network, the Duke Blue Devils, a 16.5-point fa- uh, underdog. Sorry. The Duke Blue Devils, a 16.5-point underdog on the road in Winston-Salem, taking on the number 13 Wake Forest Steeman Deeks. Total is 70. Mike, I'm concerned about this as like a body blow game, as they call it, uh, where you know you've, you've had kind of a physical matchup the week before, except... I'm more concerned about Wake Forest's offense. I don't know if they've caught their breath yet after just like running laps around Army's defense last week. <laughs> after after scoring 63 points offensively in 17 minutes yeah. and yeah. adding another seven with a pick six, yeah, yeah, it was like a just like a track meet out there. It was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I mean the good news for Wake Forest defense is you know they're playing Duke, so they shouldn't give up 56 again. Shouldn't. It shouldn't. Um, I don't know what to do here. I'm a little tempted by Duke. That's kind of a big number, but also like Duke's not good. <laughs> but no, I, I made this mistake. I made this mistake betting on Duke to cover against North Carolina. I'm not making that mistake twice. Uh, give me Wake and the under. And. Can Wake get to 70 by themselves? Yeah, sure. But the likelihood they do that two weeks in a row, probably pretty low. So I'm just going to go with Wake and just say I don't think Duke scores that much. And I, I don't know. I, or scores enough to get to get to 70. I I could see like 42 to 17. Yeah, that's reasonable. I, 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 okay. All right. I'll take Wake with you. Like we've seen Duke get blown out by – decidedly good teams. We also saw them almost beat Georgia tech. Um, like they just lost two weeks ago. I slide that in there. The Georgia tech thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, their last three yeah. games, they lost by 31 to North Carolina. They lost by 48 to Virginia and they gave up a lead at the last second and lost by four to Georgia tech. Like, right. Do I think, you know, wake is better than all those teams. I kind of do. I mean, wake has beaten. One of those teams is going to beat another one. I think, so, yeah, I think Wake can win this game by, you know, three scores or so. Like, Wake's defense can be overpowered, I think, if you have the talent for it. I just don't think Duke has the talent for it. So, yeah, I'll take Wake. I'm going to go with the over because, I, you know, like you said, I mean, Wake could get most of the way there themselves. Um, and, and, I mean, I think Duke can do at least a little bit of something on offense to help help get it there. So, 70 is a lot. That's a big number. I don't feel great yep. about it, but for the sake of picking on the podcast, I'll take the over. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Wake for both of us. Over for me, under for you. No way. I mean, why waste time actually debating the merits of this football game? Wake Forest is a lot better. Uh, yeah, they are. <laughs> right. 13th so. in the country, trying to go 8 0. Does this. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Does this feel like. This could be like the sneaky, like snake in the grass game where like all of a sudden Wake is like, just like dies out of nowhere. Like, uh, certainly possible. Is but. this like the point in the Oregon Trail where Wake like catches dysentery or something just out of nowhere and just has to deal <laughs> with it? And pass him the ox cord, baby. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I. Look, if everything, if everything keeps going the way it's been going, Wake should win this game easily. The problem is that in college football, things don't always keep going the way they're supposed to be going. Like, so just I'm just saying, like, be be wary that 
if you look up and it's like, oh, like, you know, five minutes left in the game and wakes up three and Duke has the ball, like, don't be shocked by that. I think that's on the table here. Yeah, I mean, here, I have an analogy. There's no way this won't go poorly. So I have an analogy for you. All right. I'll get the uh, the bleep button ready. Hold on. Oh, no, 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 no. Not, not, it, it won't be that bad. Okay. Okay. So say there are like 22 of your fraternity brothers, right? <laughs> okay. Okay. And let's say they had to take care of your dog and your grandmother for an entire weekend. Okay. Right? <laughs> this is nerve wracking. Bunch of 18 to 22 year olds taking care of your dog and your grandmother. Oh, and, and your kid. How's that sound? And your kid. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. All right. So your dog, your grandmother, and kid are being taken care of by 22 of your fraternity brothers. All right. <laughs> How do you feel about that proposition? Pretty uncomfortable. <laughs> Pretty uncomfortable. And that brings me to my next point, right? When we bet on college football games, we're betting on 18 to 22-year-olds to be trustworthy for 60 (laughs) minutes every Saturday afternoon. To do what they should do. Do what they should do, not play with their food. It's just tough, Mike, because when you and I were in college, we always did what we were supposed to do. That's right, which is why I barely graduated. (laughs) Go Hokies. Go Hokies, baby. Go Hokes. Every damn time, go hoax. All to say, n- nothing is off limits here. Duke, Correct. Duke could win this game outright, but they yes. shouldn't, and uh, Wake should win this game easily. So we'll see. I'm, I'm glad that analogy didn't fall flat on its face. No, 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 no. You nailed it. You nailed it. Thank you. <laughs> 7.30 on the ACC Network. The Louisville Cardinals, a seven-point underdog on the road, taking on the NC State Wolfpack. Totals 57 and a half. I, I want to like Louisville here. I'm just nervous that NC State's going to bounce back and like reassert dominance here, Mike. Yep, bounce back game for NC State. NC State, lock it up. Whoa! You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Mike doing the uh, the bow and arrow hand motion over here. <laughs> like he just threw like a 60-yard touchdown pass. It's a bounce back game for the pack, man. Like it's a bounce back game for the pack. You're telling me I got to rely on Louisville's defense for four quarters? We going to do this on the road? I mean... We going to do this on the road? Was I supposed to rely on Miami's defense for four quarters? Like, they got a couple stops. They got a couple stops, yeah. I don't know. I just... NC State was just... They left so many points on the field mm-hmm. on Saturday. You know, we talked about it in the recap kicked field goals when they needed touchdowns and Miami tensed up in, in the in the red zone defensively and did what they needed to do. I just don't know if Louisville's going to do that for four quarters here on the road. And Louisville's been fine. This is a really important game for the Cardinals. And, you know, Malik Cunningham has been okay, but he didn't play great on Saturday, right? So he's coming off of a bad game. He needs a bounce back here. I just I, I trust NC State's offense and defense. And like I said, you know, I, I said this, you know, in the week eight preview. I said NC State is the most complete team in the ACC. Mm-hmm. I still don't think I'm totally wrong about that. Like I, I do think they're the most complete team. I don't think so either. 
and and Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh might very well be the best team, but I still think NC State's the most complete team. Like Wake doesn't play any defense. Pitt can't run the ball. Pitt's defense has a tendency to be suspect at times. NC State offensively and defensively has been pretty good and pretty consistent all year up until Saturday against Miami. So I think this is a bounce back game for the Wolfpack at home. They need it. I think they get it here. Here's the tricky thing is that I, I agree. I think NC State is like the most complete team in the conference in that, you know, passing offense, rushing offense, passing defense, rushing defense. Like, I think all of it, they do pretty well. It's it's interesting, though, because like which of those would you say is like top two in the conference? Is it their passing offense? No. Nope. Is it their rushing offense? I, I kind of don't think so. Is it their rushing defense? No. Is it their passing defense? Probably not. Right. Now, good good points. But like look at these other look at these other teams in the conference that are competing at a high level, right? Oh, for sure. So, like Pittsburgh's pass offense, really good. Probably really good. probably the best in the ACC when you consider efficiency and things like that. Because UVA's offense, passing-wise, has been really explosive. Mm-hmm. And, and Wake Forest, even, really explosive passing offense, right? Mm-hmm. But the, the most efficient passing offense has been Pittsburgh's. Mm-hmm. And, okay, that's great. Their rushing offense is, like, bottom third in the conference. You know what I mean? Pitts is, yeah. Pitts, yeah. So, like... I agree with you when with the NC State thing. Like, okay, yeah, they're they're not like top two in pass offense or rush offense, pass defense, rush defense, whatever. They're not like a top two team in the conference right in any of those categories. But they're probably like top four in all those categories. Whereas, say five or six, just like totally off the cuff, like right, yeah, right, okay, and and again, fine. But like these other teams have more variability with the different phases of the game, which is why. I come to the conclusion that NC State is the most like consistent team. Mm-hmm. You put it all together, and then they go out and lose to Miami, of course. Yeah, Lame that, that was yeah. The, yeah, there were a couple of moments in there that was like, dude, NC State, come on. Um, yeah, right. A couple of, of big plays allowed and such that just you know, or, or bad moments you had again. The Thayer Thomas like fourth and eight, and you cut out and out route it like five or six yards. Like, come on. So right. there's stuff like that, but but part of why that's frustrating is that like we haven't gotten used to seeing that from NC State. Like they they're usually good enough to not do those kinds of things. So I think I'm trusting NC State. I think I want Louisville in the points. Um, I'll take Louisville plus the seven. I, I think that they can keep this close. We've talked about Scott Satterfield, you know, and he's going back into Raleigh, and this is almost a hundred percent being overplayed in my mind. <laughs> like Scott Satterfield going back to the mountains of North Carolina or, you know, it's not, not that Raleigh's like in the mountains, but you know, it's in North Carolina. Um, like I, I'm pr- almost certainly overplaying this, but like, I think Louisville is going to be able to do enough to keep this close and make it competitive. Um, a touchdown. I, I think NC state's the better team, even on a neutral field. I just, I don't think they're a full touchdown better than Louisville. So I'll take the Cardinals to cover, uh, to cover the seven totals, 57 and a half. kind of high. I don't know. Under. I don't know if Louisville's defense is stopping them that much, but I don't know. 
I'm probably going under. Yeah, under, sure. Why not? Give me twenty. Give me twenty on NC State. By the way, there you go. Twenty Van Gorder coin on the Wolfpack. Um, I might come back and put some on Louisville here in a little bit. We'll see. There's at least one of these left that I uh, I feel pretty strongly about. So we'll see how that goes. Like the bear always says, the less money you bet, the more you miss out on when you win. The more you lose when you win. That's right. Uh, all right, Louisville and the under for me. NC State locked up for 20 Van Gorder coin and the under for you. Uh, 3.30 p.m. on ESPN. Mike, I don't know how this game got on ESPN, by the way. Um, <laughs> well, other games are on the uh, the Jefferson Pilot special on ESPN3. How Florida State and Clemson got on ESPN is kind of beyond me. Mike, the Knowles are a 10-point underdog on the road in Death Valley, taking on the Clemson Tigers. Total is a mere 47 points. Uh, you going to watch this game? No. <laughs> Gross. You? No. 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 I no. I'll I'll be finishing up with like the homecoming game for Georgia Tech and then probably like visiting with some friends and stuff and then getting ready to watch the Braves game like I am not spending my time watching <laughs> these two teams like flounder around trying to figure out like what to ha- what to do on offense. Um this does feel like a bad matchup for Florida State's offense like I look at this initially, and I feel like, um, like, does Clemson really deserve to be a double-digit favorite against like anybody at this point? But at the same time, what Florida State has been doing really successfully on offense is running the ball. And if there's one thing that Clemson does really, really well, it's stop the run. So how does Florida State move the ball? Maybe they don't. <laughs> like, I don't know. And can Florida State's defense keep up for a full four quarters? I don't know. Like, so I don't, I don't feel good that like, I'm probably going to give the 10 points with Clemson, but I mean, I think Clemson's fully capable of winning this game. Like, I don't know, 21 to three or something like that. Like something kind of ugly. Clemson hadn't covered a spread yet this year, by the way. Yeah. I mean, the offense is so bad. It is. It's terrible. Joey, there's the a, offense what, so bad. What are the odds that we see uh, Puma just like start the game this week? Again, probably high. I mean, I I said it in the I said in the recap. I'd start him. I I don't know why they won't. Like I don't know why they wouldn't. <laughs> like what what harm is done by doing that? None. Maybe you give yourself a chance to be better. Like, yeah. I am not I'm not laying 10 with Clemson here. I'm going with Florida State. And yeah, we we can talk about how Clemson's defense is good at stopping the run and by and large that that's that's pretty much correct. Gave up 7 yards per carry to Sean Tucker. You know, Rodney Hammond and Izzy Abanacanda both averaged over 6 yards per carry in the game last week. And I think that Florida State they have a way of making explosive plays in the passing game, right? Mm-hmm. And I think they'll make a play or two maybe that will open things up enough where they'll be able to run the ball a little bit. Plus, I mean, Florida State with Jay Sean Corbin, like they've been running the ball pretty well this year. That's the one thing Florida State's been doing well, like you mentioned. I think they find a way to do it here. And yeah. now I, I don't know who's playing quarterback for Florida State, but whoever's back there will – now, not going to be Mackenzie Milton, I don't think. Sounds like it's going to be Purdy or probably more likely Jordan Travis. 
So yeah, especially because yeah. Jordan Travis, man, like he gives he gives Florida State an opportunity for the more explosive plays in the passing game because he's pretty much all or nothing as a passer, right? Like he'll throw mm-hmm. it forty five mm-hmm. or fifty yards down the field and then will miss like a swing pass out of the backfield. That's kind of the quarterback he is at this point. Either they'll catch uh, it or they won't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he adds the element with his legs too. And, you know, Florida State's run the ball well, Jay Sean Corbin. And I think Clemson's defense, they've just been on the field so much that I think what we're seeing too is like, I and, and Joey, you know, I think the world of Clemson's defense and they've been put in impossible situations this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been really, really tough and they've played pretty well. So this isn't an indictment of Clemson's defense. I just think that Florida State can can make enough plays here to cover the spread. I do think Clemson wins. I think Clemson wins the game. They're at home. I think they make enough plays offensively to figure it out. But I think it's low scoring. I think it I think it's low scoring and I think Florida State covers. But I think Clemson wins. Totals 47. I mean, I'm I'm going under. Yeah. This is like another this is like another like 21 to 17 type game. Like it could go over by like nine or 10 points or under by nine or 10 points. Clemson fans are like really exhausted of being on the edge of their seat all season. Like most, most of these, most of these games they played for the last five years, like you've been on the edge of your seat midway through the first quarter. And that was about it. Like if, if even that, so uh, yeah, I'm actually, you know what, Mike, I, I really like the under, I don't know why I haven't been doing this as much, you know, coming in, but let's just go ahead and lock up the under. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Let's go 20 bank order coin in the under, uh, totals yeah. 47. I don't think a Clemson game has gone over the spread, uh, over the total yet this year. Actually, that's not true. Not true. There was one game that went over the number by half a point and it took double overtime to get there against NC State. Yeah. So we're locking up the under, Mike. Lock it up. You got the button ready? Uh, I got it. I'll join you. Lock it up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Well, under party here. Here we go. Yeah, give me give me 20 on the under as well. 20 on the under. Yeah, 20 for me as well. Um, just this is, this is the get-rich-quick scheme, Mike, is just betting on Clemson unders because... This is, I mean, this is one of my favorite bets of the week. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. I like it. I like it. All right. Anything else here? No. I just want to reiterate Clemson wins with Florida State covers. That's where I'm at. Yeah. I'll, I'll take Clemson to cover for once this season, but I, I don't feel great about that. I, I feel really great about the under. So uh, Clemson for me, Florida State for you, but more importantly, locked up the under with 20 Van Gorder coin for the both of us. So. Uh, keep that in mind. Uh, 3.30 on ESPN3. There's another Jefferson Pilot game this week, Mike. Some way, somehow. Uh, Boston College, a five-and-a-half-point underdog on the road in the Carrier Dome, taking on the Syracuse Orange. Total is 51. Um, I, okay, look. Look. Syracuse has been playing better recently. Uh, they got the win last week in Blacksburg. They should not be favored by close to a touchdown, even against no, a kind of middling no. Boston College team. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm on BC here. I don't know why we're all of a sudden just going to start laying touchdown, like near touchdowns <laughs> in Syracuse. <laughs> like, what are we? What are we doing here? We have lost the way, Mike. 
Yes. What are we doing? Syracuse has been better, and they run the ball well with Sean Tucker, and then he tells you about it on Twitter. <laughs> I didn't even know that. All right. Yes. Yeah. Something he really enjoys doing. It's one of the highlights of the website at this moment. It's <laughs> finally got a win in ACC play. I really enjoyed the way that I played. It was really good. I'm just getting started, says Sean Tucker. It's like a meme account. <laughs> No, you don't believe me. Look it up. I swear to God, dude. Dunking on him on Twitter. I love it. I mean, no, it's. I mean, it's. It's really funny. I no, it's I really credit. Funny. And hey, he he earns every bit of it, man. He makes people look silly every week. It's great. So you've never you've never seen this before. No, I don't. What's his handle like? Uh, it's it's at Sean Tucker twenty twenty. Sean and Joey, Tucker twenty twenty. Joey, I have a tweet right here from yesterday. Uh huh. Sean Tucker. Yesterday being Sunday, of course. Mm-hmm. Finally, an ACC win. Syracuse 41, BT 36. I'm pleased with my performance and happy with the outcome. I ran 20 <laughs> attempts for 112 yards with two receptions for 14 yards. Thanks to my O-line for helping me reach 1,000 yards and more to come. I'm just getting started. Uh, <laughs> all right, good tweet, Sean. Good tweet. It's like a... It's it's basically like a like a third grader doing like a uh, doing like a like the AP game story. story. Yeah, like like a book report. <laughs> like, look, credit. I was to the, really happy with how I played. Credit to the man. Like he's a hell of a running back, and I'm I'm glad that he's you know he's approaching this like a business and all that. I just this wasn't what I had in mind when you said like, have you seen the man's Twitter? Like, I didn't realize this was what there was here. Like, okay. I have a dog. His name's Fido. <laughs> Our next game is on Saturday. <laughs> sure. I take him out three times a day. <laughs> He's almost potty trained. <sighs> well, hopefully you can He's hurry that up, He's just getting started. He's just getting started. getting started. Yeah. <laughs> What a website. Uh, uh, Give me BC. Same. Boston College. Um, I, I don't know that they necessarily win the game, but Syracuse is also like Syracuse hasn't played a game that was decided by more than five points in like six weeks. So <laughs> I don't I don't think they're gonna beat anybody by like a full touchdown at this point. So yeah, Boston College, five and a half. Yeah, I'm on the under here as well, Joey. I mean, are we really going to be in a world where Boston College and Syracuse just start hitting overs? I kind of think so. I think I actually, like, 51 is the total. That's not that many points. Syracuse figuring some stuff out on offense. Might be a little glitchy on defense. I don't know that Boston College is going to help them a whole lot necessarily, but I need them to keep it close. Yeah, that's see, that's the thing. That's the thing is if you're betting Boston College (laughs) – you can't trust Boston College is going to go out there and score like 27 points to keep up with Syracuse's 31. So, yeah, just for the sake of consistency, I'll take the under two. Sure, why not? There it is. Yeah. And I didn't even talk you out of it that time. <laughs> I just let you think about it yourself and reason your way through it. and Talked myself out of it. Yeah. Unlike last week where I talked to you out of taking Florida State to cover and they won by 56. And that... Yeah, that was covering. Just to be clear. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. They weren't favored Somehow. by 57. Yeah. 
somehow a spread of 35 and a half was covered by three touchdowns. So <laughs> dear yeah. God, you yeah. sure. Uh, okay. Boston college in the under no wagers there. Uh, Mike last game in the ACC, uh, th- that whole, uh, you know, you've had 34 beers thing. Yeah. This is the, uh, what they call the drunk shift. It is 10, 15 PM on ESPN two. Coming to you live from Provo, Utah, the as the Virginia shift. Cavaliers are a two-and-a-half-point underdog on the road, taking on the number 25 BYU Cougars. Total is 63-and-a-half. Mike, can you think of a single connection that the Virginia football team might have with BYU? Is there anything at all that comes to mind? Oh, The only thing I can think of is Bronco Mendenhall is Mormon. Uh, yeah. Okay. I've heard that. I've heard that. Yeah. I think yeah. I did see oh. him drinking a diet Coke one time, which I, oh. we don't have to talk about. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I think it just came to me. Uh-huh. Uh, Bronco Mendenhall used to coach BYU for like 15 years. Yeah. I think that, I think yeah. that also yeah, happened for a while, for almost, a long while. Almost forgot about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So no, no shock that this return trip ends up getting made. Um, Mike, Virginia is a two and a half point underdog. I'm kind of thinking I might do something kind of stupid here. Uh, can I have Virginia outright and lock it up? You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. I don't think BYU is actually, actually that good. And I think Virginia's kind of on a heater right now. And I realize it's like a long road trip and all that. But like, this is also the same Virginia, well, sort of the same Virginia team that like four years ago went out to Boise State and just like whooped them on a Friday night out of nowhere. I think Bronco knows what's going on on these West Coast road trips. I, I think he's going to have his team ready to play. I think Virginia can win this game. Like I, I think Virginia will win this game. I think they're the better team. BYU's got a, a pretty decent defense now. I understand some of the opponents that they've played, but they've got a pretty decent defense, and this line stinks. It does kind of stink. I think UVA's better. Like, I think UVA's the better team, but I'm betting BYU. I'm on BYU here. Interesting. Okay. All right. Fair on enough. BYU. I just it's it's all about the line here. Mm-hmm. It's all about the line here. Uh, Virginia fans are listening to this are probably screaming, but <laughs> this isn't like this isn't like a, a UVA hate pick. I just think that. This line is a little bit weird. And BYU's passing defense has been pretty decent. They've been able to generate a decent pass rush. And their offense is pretty competent. Like they a good mix of run and pass. Jaron Hall's been pretty decent. Tyler Allgaier's been very good. They're running back. He's got eleven touchdowns this year mm-hmm. on the mm-hmm. ground. I mean, BYU wants to run it right at you. Virginia's going to have to stop it. And Virginia, we've seen Virginia's defense at times do that. Right, mm-hmm. we, we've seen it times, and I just can we see it for four quarters, right? Can we see Virginia make stops for four quarters? And it's Tyre Allgaier or bust though. Like if you stop him, they're not really going to run the ball. So, like, cut off the snake at its head and mm-hmm. just try to contain mm-hmm. Jaron Hall. Jaron Hall is a difficult guy to defend because I don't, Joey. I don't know how many BYU games you watched this year, but Jaron Hall can like make some plays outside the pocket when the play breaks down and 
if UVA allows too many of those to happen, I think they could be in a dangerous spot here. I, I do think UVA is, is the more explosive offense with Brennan Armstrong. I mentioned it on the recap, like literally yesterday when we recorded that, you know, this is the most explosive offense I think Virginia has had under Bronco Mendenhall. Mm-hmm. Like they put in bunches and can do it in a hurry. I just think West Coast road trip, I think it's going to be a bruising game. You know, I think BYU is a tough football team. And I wonder if UVA can make enough stops. I really do. BYU has been able to put up some points this year. And this is a, I think this is a tough matchup for Virginia. I do. I, I think BYU's defense is pretty decent. And I don't know. I think it's a tough spot. I, I think it'll be a close game for sure. Mm-hmm. Point flip type situation. But BYU's favored here for a reason. I, and that's why I'm taking the Cougars. Uh, Mike, if you put these teams on a neutral field, what would you guess SP plus would, would, you know, like what would the spread be per SP plus? If you just had to guess. Well, you usually get three points for home field, right? Yep. So UVA would be a one point favorite roughly. SP plus says on a neutral field, Virginia would be favored by a touchdown. Virginia is a top 30 team in SP plus BYU is 60th. So there's, there's a clear, like difference there. And of course, like you said, I mean, about a two and a half to three point difference for home field advantage basically says that Virginia should be favored by like four points in this game. So this is one that SP plus has a very different outlook on than a lot of the sports books. Um, so it helped me to feel better about it. So I, I'm sticking with UVA. I'm, I'm locking that up. Um, I'm going to actually, I'm going to put 20 Van Gorder coin. I want to do it on the money line if I could for Virginia. They are I, so I'm not seeing it right now at the enjoy, moment. Enjoy that. I, I, enjoy that. I mean, they're a two and a half point underdog, and I'm betting them to cover. Like, not a lot of room where they don't win the game outright, but they do cover. So I'll, I'll just you know take the extra juice on it. Um, I, w- what I will say is that uh, right now I'm not seeing a, a money line availability on BetUS.com as we are on again Monday night. But the uh, how about Heisman odds? <laughs> I haven't looked, um, but the uh, Vegas Insider, Mike, is a great website, great resource also for kind of tracking spreads across several books. Uh, their consensus right now is UVA plus 115 outright. So, uh, yeah, we'll put 20 Van Gorder coin on UVA outright at plus 115. Um, I think they win the game. I think they're better. And I'll, you know what? I'll take the over. Total is 63 and a half. That's a lot of points, but... I'm kind of thinking something like Virginia, like 38-31 here. BYU in the under. <laughs> All right. We can go head-to-head on that one. That's fine. Every once in a while, we disagree. <laughs> we, we have to. Have to. That's good podcasting. All right. Sounds good. I'll take UVA. Lock it up. Um, last thing, Mike. We've, we're done with ACC games, but we do have an honorary ACC game. At noon on the CBS Sports Network, the Bowling Green Falcons, a 13 and a half point underdog on the road, taking on the Buffalo Bulls. Total is 51 and a half. Uh, Bowling Green had looked really good for most of the year up until you know the last couple weeks, and they've just started getting you know kind of got flattened by Eastern Michigan last week. Uh, Buffalo. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bulls, baby. (laughs) 
Buffalo. Everybody knows, Mike. Everybody knows that the Buffalo Bulls are the best at uh, circling the wagon. That's that's right. Also, the Bills. <laughs> why didn't I, I don't know why they didn't just go with that? Like, you're so close. Like everyone's already got the shirts. Just, just go with it. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, hang with me here. Buffalo Bills, but the college version. Does that come with uh, Bills Mafia, or is that just like the Greek sector? Yeah, really, we're all just in it for Bills Mafia, right? So that that's a very <laughs> important question. There you go. All right. Well, hey, good luck, Bowling Green. Go Falcons. <laughs> dilly dilly. Yeah, they'll probably lose. <laughs> Mike, that's all I got for picks. Let's recap here real quick. Uh, just talking about you know what we uh, what we were really in on. Uh, both of us locked up Notre Dame minus the three and a half against North Carolina. We both wagered twenty five on the uh, twenty five Van Gorder coin on that. Uh, I also put ten Van Gorder coin on over sixty two and a half points in that game. I think that could get a little shootouty. Uh, you locked up NC State minus the seven against Louisville for twenty Van Gorder coin. We both locked up under forty seven in Clemson, Florida State for 20 Van Gorder coin. And I locked up Virginia plus the two and a half with a hundred and uh, sorry, 20 Van Gorder coin on the money line at plus plus one fifteen for the, uh, the who's there against BYU. Uh, good picks. Best of luck, but I hope you're wrong on the ones that I'm right on. As usual. <laughs> Somehow the script got flipped this year. Cause like for like three years running, you've been the, uh, you've been kind of the guru here. So, it's kind of it, it feels nice to be right for once. It's kind of weird, but I don't know. Yeah, mind. we use guru loosely. <laughs> that is yeah, fair enough. Uh Mike, last thing. Other games this weekend that you're interested in. Michigan minus four and a half in East Lansing. Interesting. I like Michigan. I just they've been playing more consistent football. Michigan State, nice story, right? Seven and oh. Good for them. About to get Mel Tucker hired elsewhere yeah so maybe see what mark d'antonio is up to uh i don't just hate kidding that's a joke just kidding <laughs> I, I mean yeah don't you don't need that in your life michigan state you don't need that um yeah i don't hate thursday night just coming in hot starting off the bat uh coastal carolina minus the 18 and a half against troy yeah yeah, I like Coastal Thursday night as well. They, yep. uh, you know, coming off the loss to App State and Coastal Carolina had otherwise been pretty much ripping everybody limb from limb. So this might be the uh, the net crack kind of just like get it back game. So yep, uh, keep an eye on that. Uh, keep going, keep going, keep going. Really weird line Saturday at noon with Iowa yep. Wisconsin. Uh, Iowa yep. an underdog in Madison. Yep. Yeah, love Iowa. I love, I'm sorry, I love Iowa. The, I, the total, and I, I'm pretty sure I'm not like I haven't forgotten how numbers work. The total here is 36 and a half. <laughs> that is the lowest total I think I've ever seen in a college football game. That is astounding. Yep, and I could see it hitting. By the way, too, I could see under, the under hitting. Under. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My goodness. Uh, Wisconsin's coming off of their most complete game of the year against Purdue. That was, that was, I lost money on that one. Mm -hmm. I bet Purdue. I did not see 30 to 13 on the board. That was insane. So mm -hmm. good for Wisconsin, but 
No, I am not betting on Graham Mertz to have two good games in a row. Sorry. Definitely not. Not against that Iowa defense. No, 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 no. Like, Iowa's Iowa's defense, a bit better than Purdue's. Yeah. (laughs) I like the Hawkeyes. Plus, they they had two weeks to prepare. They're coming off of a terrible performance against said Purdue. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Iowa bounces back two weeks to prepare. I like the Hawkeyes outright in Camp Randall. I think that's an easy pick. That's Dangerous, but good luck. I, I kind of like it. Uh, yeah. Minnesota minus the seven and a half at Northwestern. I kind of like. Um, that's it's a little bit of like a. I think Minnesota is kind of underrated and, and coming back a little bit after some early season struggles, but also like a just Northwestern's not it this year. They're not good. No, Northwestern's decidedly bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, ask Michigan. Yeah. Michigan just got done with them. Maryland's lost three games in a row, but for some reason they're a five-point favorite against Indiana that's probably playing a bit better than their record. So give me Indiana plus the five there in College Park. I, I'm i not betting on Maryland right now after watching the way that they've played recently. I think Indiana, again, like losing, losing by a million to Ohio State. Like I'm not really going to really fault them that bad, but they played against a very good Michigan State team and probably should have won that game two weeks ago. And they, they played Cincinnati tight for like two and a half quarters. Just had no offense. They, they played decently defensively against Penn State, but just had no offense. Literally no offense. They didn't score a point. But, yeah, I like Indiana on the road in College Park. At least plus the five, maybe even outright. UCLA just took Oregon to the brink. And now they got to go on the road to Salt Lake City, where they're a six and a half point underdog against Utah. I don't, I don't. If anything, I would want to bet UCLA in that spot, but I don't know that that's, you know, tough, tough spot, tough matchup. I don't know. Probably leave it alone. Yeah, I mean, speaking of games that UCLA probably should have won, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a, uh, yeah, that that's a tough one for sure. I don't mind Oregon State minus one and a half at Cal. Yeah, I mean, I it's at that point, it's like, who do you think is going to be able to provide you with more offense? I think the answer is Oregon State, right? Yep. Go Beavs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when in doubt, just bet against Cal. Mm-hmm. Generally, unless you're playing Colorado. Yeah, right. Yeah. So now I, I don't mind Oregon State there. Uh, do you want any part in Penn State, Ohio State? Uh, what's the number there? 18 and a half. Wow. Um, I feel like it's like Penn State or nothing. <laughs> like Penn State's got a pretty good defense. And, and Ohio State's offense has really been stepping up in the last month or so. And Ohio State's defense is coming around too, but I don't know, man. That's that's a big number in a in a game that is, is supposed to be one of the like three or four games that decides that entire division. Like, yeah, I just don't know that Ohio State's gonna be able to just run away and hide with it, like for yeah. sure on the level that I need to give eighteen and a half. It was just, I'm having a hard time washing the taste out of my mouth after watching that performance. 
Penn State just put on against Illinois in nine overtimes, losing 20 to 18. And now they got to go on the road to Columbus and try to cover two and a half touchdowns. Man, I don't know. (laughs) I I don't know about that one. Plus, Sean Clifford, I mean, not 100%, right? He played played last Saturday, did not play particularly great. Yeah, I, I think. I think I'm on the other side of that. I think it's Ohio State or not. I'm probably not going to bet that, but I think it's probably Ohio State or nothing, only, only because I got to trust Sean Clifford on a, on a banged-up knee with a team that couldn't beat Illinois at home. So Yeah. Well, and that, I mean, that, like, put it this way, like, that could have ended up being, a, like, a, a look-ahead spot, too. I mean... It could. But... Good. And I, obligatory nod here. I, I have to ask you what your pick is with the cocktail party. Georgia two touchdown favorite against Florida. Um, uh, uh, I don't know. Totals fifty one. I lean under. Not well. I don't know. I don't have a good feel for this game at all. Like, I kind of yeah. feel like Florida is going to come out and play Anthony Richardson instead of uh, inst- instead of Emory Jones. Like, I would. Yeah, I would. I think. And and Dan Mullen is is definitely a schemer and, and a play caller in a way that Georgia is not really going to see pretty much until the SEC championship game. Yeah, um, I, I would argue that. Yeah, like this is this is probably I don't know. This is probably the best team Georgia is going to play until the SEC championship game. Like, and that's that's the frustrating thing is like, yes, Georgia's ripping everyone limb from limb, but like, again, who is actually like the best team, like the most threatening team that they've played so far out of Clemson, UAB, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Auburn, and Kentucky? Like, like none of those is anything close to a complete team. I mean, the answer might be Auburn. Maybe. <sighs> I don't know. Like, like Georgia's very good, but I just I, I think they're flawed if they run up against a team that that can play some defense and can score some points. It's just I don't know if or when they'll ever run up against that. They might yeah. win a trophy. Like this, this is just this is the year that Trevor Lawrence and and uh, you know uh, Justin Fields and you know Bryce uh, or you know all the guys from last year are gone from Bama, Ohio state and Clemson. And now George is just still here and going to just kind of walk through everybody, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Cause I mean, my, my thing too is like, all right, in the playoff, who's going to, ch- and I agree with you. Like that's the type of team that would challenge Georgia. Mm-hmm. The problem is who is that team? Yeah. <laughs> Nationally. Who is that? Stop the run, make them throw it down the field consistently to beat you. Maybe they can do it. They haven't proved it or, or anything close to it yet. It's just I don't know who does that. So yeah, you know. I don't know who that team. Like I have no idea who that team is. Maybe it's Bama. Maybe it's Ohio State. But other than that, I mean, do I think Florida is capable of, of dialing some stuff up and getting them off balance and keeping this thing close? Yes. Do I think they're going to win? No. Um, do I feel good that they're going to keep it within fourteen? No, <laughs> like no, I don't. No. Yeah, this this feels like one of the. This feels like a. Uh, this feels like a crockpot game. Yeah, this this very Georgia. well could end up like thirty eight to seventeen or something like that. Just yeah, run away. I, I 
I'm I'm with you. I, I could see Florida hanging early, making some plays, you know, some scripted plays that Mullen had, and they make some plays offensively early that that puts Georgia, you know, down. Maybe they're down a touchdown early in the game, but mm-hmm. then Georgia, for as flawed as their offense is, gets to go against Florida's defense, which is a treat if you're an opposing offensive coordinator. Because speaking of people who might be losing their jobs, Todd Grantham. They haven't done a whole hell of a lot this year no. at all. No, that was really, that was really, that was really, really bad last Saturday. That was, mm-hmm. that was just, that was poor. Yeah, they've they've been pretty terrible defensively. So yeah, uh, I think that's all I've got on picks for this week, Mike. I don't know if you had anything else that you were interested in. No, I I think I'm good. There's only going to be probably a handful of of bets I place this weekend, just kind of looking at at least where the lines are right now. That subject could change. I usually place about six or seven bets a weekend. Mm-hmm. Last mm-hmm. week I placed 11. It went so-so. And I, there's just not enough lines that I love here. So, Yeah. Yeah, well, and, and like this week and last week, there was, uh, you know, a smaller slate, I guess we'll say, of games available even to begin with. So, it, you know, be smart. You don't got to bet on everything. That's right. Mike, that's all I got. Anything else on week nine? Going to be a big-time weekend of ACC football. It is. It is. And just to, to remind the people, we, we just you know do some housekeeping. Uh, again, we're doing this on Monday, a, uh, a very busy week ahead for the both of us. And then, Mike, next weekend you will be very busy with a wedding to the point that you will not be available to record the recap. And so... Uh, we have something very kind of special planned, and by that I mean we're going to find somebody to recap this with, with me. Uh, we do not have anybody <laughs> locked up, but I promise you it will be somebody very good. Uh, we So we're excited about that. Um, so, Mike, I look forward to recapping a Georgia Tech win in the Tecmo Bowl over your Hokies uh, without you here. <laughs> and you're so confident in it that you definitely picked them. Uh, something like that. Something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, we don't got to talk about that. We don't got to talk about it. Uh, Mike, point being, enjoy the wedding. Have a good time. We are well taken care of here while you're gone, and we look forward to having you back to preview week 10. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Week 10. Week 10. The week 10. If you haven't looked at the slate, it's okay. Neither have I. <laughs> this is escalating quickly. We're getting into we're, – we're starting to move into the, the second half of college football here. Like seriously, uh, uh, we're yeah, we're on the back nine here. I know you understand yeah. golf references. I, I've played a time or two. Yes, <laughs> there you go. I was there both times. Um, <laughs> the only two times I've ever played golf. <laughs> Mike, let's get out of here. Uh, until we come back and recap these games, the people can find us on Twitter. I am at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel SOS. Together, we're at BC Podcast ACC. You can find us on iTunes and Spotify, all the good places you go find podcasts. Go find us there. Hit that subscribe button if you would, please. Share us with your friends, your parents. You know, Subscribe on your, your wife's phone, your, your husband's phone, your kids' phones, whatever. If you've got the iPad, subscribe on that. That'd be great. We'd appreciate that. Uh, Mike, they can send us an email with questions, comments, concerns to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Thank you. Uh, Mike, where else can they find us on the social medias? Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review. Find all of our podcasts there. Instagram at BC Podcast ACC. And we're seeing reviews roll in. Keep them coming. 
rating and a review. Five star rating. Give us a review. We see Every you. Every bit helps. We see you. We see you. Uh, Mike, I think that's all I got. Anything else? Uh, no, that's it. All right. Well, have a safe trip. Enjoy the wedding. We will uh, we'll, we'll take care of things here while you're out, and then we uh, look forward to seeing you when you get back. Sounds good. Safe travels to you, too, bye. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Sounds good. Well, have a great weekend. We will talk to you soon. Until next time, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. Enjoy the games. We'll talk to you afterwards. And until then, go ACC. Go ACC.